Please, David. Morning, Mike. Uh, we just start with the uh, COVID update, if there is any for today. Um, we have no uh, no COVID updates for, for you today. Okay. And um, also, you, you've talked before about, uh, um, you know, the continuity of an offense and, and a quarterback being in an offense for a while to, to get a better feel for it. And it, well, going along with that, when a guy has a greater familiarity with an offense, do you ever have to thread the needle, Dak, or other quarterbacks as far as just making a play versus making the perfect play or, or waiting for a read because you know so much that you're you're waiting to get to something else? Is, is that something you have to strike a balance with? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, you look at the ebb and flow of a football game, uh, you know, you could take a broader stroke of that and put it in the same thought process towards the the whole course of a season. You know, I, I think that's why, you know, it's important to be in, in tune with the statistics and analytics and, and you watch the numbers. But the most important part of Cell Scott, you know, whether it's the Cell Scott of what you do scheme wise or the, you know, the mannerism Cell Scott of, you know, how you operate in, in, the, in the pre snap is just to make sure you're on top of what goes on within, um, you know, w within. The statistic, and, and, I, and where I'm going with this is no different than quarterback play and production and pass game, and and you know when you when you break down uh, in the, the particular the passing game and the checks, uh, you know where the ball's being distributed, you know there's more than uh, there's more evaluation that goes into that than just the result, uh, because I, I think as I've seen in, in my time is when you just clearly do your evaluation on result only. You, you really miss the big picture of of the big picture as far as the the, the opportunity to grow, because the result is you know you can call a really good play, um, you can have an excellent, and the result is negative, um, but doesn't make it a bad play, it doesn't make it a bad scheme, uh, doesn't make it a bad you know a poor quarterback decision. So I I think it's important to always have to, to grade every part of. The particular play uh, we were talking about passing plays, obviously, you know, as far as the quarterback's fundamentals, the decision, and just stay in touch with that because, you know, you got you have to take out the emotion of how the game is resulted. You got to take out the emotion of the win and loss when you're evaluating how your team performs. Because if you don't, you're really missing a lot of a lot of variables, a lot of you're missing a lot of opportunities for players to grow, for the play caller to grow, uh, how it affects your game planning the, the, the next day. Um, and I think that's very, very important. I mean, I know that's something I've always uh, paid close attention to. And I think it's something that really comes from my past experience and goes back to the foundation of quality control. I mean, that's why quality control, I think, is a, a tremendous foundation for coaches in this league. I, I think any coach that comes into the league that has a chance to come up through quality control you it, it gives you an analytical thought process to so you so you don't skip over things due to emotion and that's human nature I mean it happens every single day both in your professional and personal life and so uh, I think it's real important as we go through it and, and that's how we do it so I mean hey trust me we, we understand the results we understand where the stats are uh, we understand you know penalties. You know we understand. You know what thirty second in the league looks like, but also we understand that that's probably one penalty a game, or or one and a half penalties a game more than, than you know what number one is. 
you know, the least penalized team in the league. So, uh, and that's a balance you're always trying to strike because, you know, you're trying to, you want your team to play with a play style and you, you want that aggressiveness and you're, you're on them and you're coaching and you're emphasizing it. And oh shit, now, now we're 32nd in the league in penalties. Okay, like, we got to be more conservative. I mean, that's, that's what emotion does to you. Emotion creates, you know, potential to make bad decisions and uh, uh, as a leader. And, and so I think it's important to understand what the numbers say, but it's our jobs as coaches and players understand what goes on inside the numbers. You know, whether it's the read of the quarterback, is the ball going to the number one receiver enough? Is uh, you know why, why do we have to? You know, are we checking it down every single time? So I mean, those are the things that you know. It's not just the decision, but what went into the decision. Sorry for such a long answer, Clarence. Is, he's he's chomping the bit over there. Okay, you're up next. Uh, and I don't want to bog down on numbers and statistics, but uh, Murray Cooper's numbers, uh, his, his catches and yards, uh, targets have, have dropped dramatically ever since he's gone, come back from the COVID situation. I don't know if it's because of, you know, obviously the entire offense has not been what it was early in the season, uh, but you talked about getting targets to your number one receivers. And I know in the past you said, you know, you don't really want to focus on one guy, but why would it – Considering his value, would you want to? Why would you not want to get him and make a point to get him more involved? Well, I think we're talking blatant statements here. You know, as far as numbers, um, don't want to focus on getting it to one guy. Uh, you know, because once again, this is a this is a full year, seventeen game approach. That when you when you design an offense and how you attack um, a defense, you know, you don't want to come out and just be heavy, heavy, heavy to the to the Z receiver. All the time. I mean, you know, 17 games is a lot of football. Um, so, how you tilt each and every week, uh, how the defense is tilted towards you, factors in that too, as, as we know. So, you have to have the ability to, to spread the ball around to the five potential receivers, or you're going you're to be short. I mean, I, I just the, the numbers reflect that, history reflects that, and then, and obviously, quarterback production. Because at the end of the day, the quarterback has the ball every play. The quarterback touches the ball every day, every play. So you have to make him successful. And, you know, obviously the starting point of that is the run game. Uh, we run the football not only for the quarterback, we run the football for our whole team. Our whole team benefits from running the football. Uh, so then that comes to the passing game. So, and don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Mari Cooper is very, very important to, to our success. Uh, as as an offense, there's, there's no question about that. But uh, you know, there's a big picture approach. So the, the numbers, you know, he missed a couple games. You know, there's there's other factors that go into it, and, and that's that's why once again, I'm, you know, the, the numbers aren't probably exactly what we'd like them to be, but they're not they're not far from being what they could be. And, and I so I think they're, you know, the truth is somewhere in between there. Um, and that's why you just continue to work. And at the end of the day, we got we got a great opportunity here to you know. Go undefeated in our division, uh, get to 12 wins, and then from that we're going to close that door in a regular season, and we're going to take everything into the into the into the playoff contest. And that's, you know, so what does that mean as far as more targets for Amari? Uh, I hope so, you know, but there's more factors into that. I mean, I'm, I, I get excited every time the ball goes to Amari. I, I I love it when the crowd goes, you know, you hear Coop in the stands. You know, it's it's uh, I think it tells you the impact that it has. Not only for offense, but for our team and for the crowd and all that. So, I mean, uh, I do recognize that. 
Mike, what do you need from your run game to win in a postseason competition? And what do you need from your offensive line to have a successful run game? Uh, attempts is probably the biggest thing that, I mean, we, when you look at it, I mean, if, if you guess, because we're on a statistical role here, so I'll play, the, I'll, play, I'll play long. I think when you see that we run the ball a certain number of times, it, uh, you know, it, it is part of our success. So I, I think, you know, I, I think going back to our last game against Arizona, I think you do have to rec recognize because I've been there. I've been there as a play caller many, many times where, you know, your numbers aren't quite what they would you'd like them to be, and, and you look at it. I mean, the, the biggest challenge for us um, was you know the, those third down penalties. We were not able to overcome the third down penalties, and, and that's you know, and that that puts you. You know, another set of downs. I think we had six of them. So, you know, six, you know, that's 18 potential more plays. So, you know, at least more than half of those is another 10 to 12 runs. Uh, if, you, if you just look at the trend of how we call games, I mean, that's what the stats would tell you. So um, that's that's why I think it's important. Um, the final score, the final statistic, they're important. But you got you to look at everything else, too. I mean, you got to look at all the other things that, that went into that. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, I mean, we didn't like the way the, the game, you know, ended in Arizona, but there's there's still a lot out of that game that we can learn from, and um, and frankly, there'll be a lot that we'll be able to pay forward if, if we have the opportunity to compete against them again. So uh, that's my reality, and that's the way I look at it, and that's the way we'll continue to move forward, and that's why our, our, our locker room's so damn confident and they believe in themselves, which is probably more important to, than, than anything as we enter into these playoffs. Absolutely. And we talked with you Monday about some of the trends and how it's a league of trends. And if teams are seeing that disguises are working well against Dak, you expect to see them again. What's the key to countering that, especially when Dak himself is saying, yeah, I do need to work on that post snap because I'm seeing it more than I see other teams experience. Uh, I, I think it's just, you know, Frank, I think Dak gave you an honest answer and, 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 you know, in a press conference after a tough loss and, but the reality is, you know, that's the world we live in. I mean, we we compete against a defense in training camp that, you know, doesn't show you the coverage before the ball snapped. And I mean, there's, you know, pre-snap, and we talked about it, you know, privately and as a group here. You know, you, you break down every play into pre-snap to 2.3 and above the 2.3. So, you know, the the pre-snap is a big part of of what goes on in today's NFL, and it's only going to be a bigger challenge. You know, this week coming up, I mean, just looking at uh, what Philadelphia has done, you know, some of the things they, you know, they're different, a little differently defensively than uh, they were at the beginning of the year. And, you know, and the pre-snap is part of that. So uh, this will be a great challenge for us. And, and I think it will only be uh, increased and maybe even more effective, you know, once we get into the playoffs. Because, I mean, it's, you know, playoff teams are, you know, they do a hell of a job, you know, trying to win the pre-snap. We're all trying the same thing. So I'm, I'm not as concerned about it because, because it's something that we work on, all the time. And I think Dak and and I think you know Tyler and I think our tackles and I think our perimeter group, they do a very good job of recognizing what's going on before the pre-snap. So you know it's uh, it's a focal focus for us every day, and you know, I'm confident that uh, you know we'll show up Saturday night with a good reaction to the pre-snap. I know it's, it's difficult at times to get the ball deep because of what you're seeing in the coverages and even running the ball when they have eight in a box. Do you think sometimes, every once in a while, regardless of what you're seeing, that let's attack, let's let's challenge them a little bit on the deep ball, or if they have eight in the box, let's 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 not check out of it. Let's run the ball. Let's see what we can do. Like the way you're thinking. No, I mean, hey, uh, I think when you want to throw deep, you throw deep, and when you want to run the ball, you run the ball. And I, I think you have. 
you have that component in your in your offense. I know we do. Um, you know, and, and to me, I think when you, you put in plays, you have primary plays, secondary plays, and auxiliary plays, and then the category that those those three types of plays go into, you have run it plays that you run it no matter what they line up in, and you have pass plays you throw it no matter what they line up in, and then you have an adjustment part of it, and I think that's a credit to really where our league is. You know, there's, there's more at the line of scrimmage decision-making that goes on in our league that... You know, went on 10, 15, 20, 20 years ago. I could speak from that from experience. So, but I, I think that's all part of it. But yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with with your, you know, with your view of it. And you know, how much run it plays versus how many adjusted plays. That's you know, that's that's all part of the chess match. Um, one thing about Diggs, considering his skill set, you surprised that teams are still challenging him, especially down the field at times. I think it's part of it. I, I think it's part of the big picture, uh, you know. And I think it goes to probably you can tie this up to the the five questions right before it. You know, if you looked at his stats of how many interceptions he had, you say, "Hell, I'm I'm not throwing it over there, that guy." But you know, you got to look within the stats. There's, you know, obviously they believe in their players, and it's all part of the competition. And um, I know personally, I, I like it when they do throw his way because I I feel very good about his opportunities when the ball's in there, but. You know, I, I think part of playing corner, uh, part of you know playing a lot of one-on-one, -on -one, you know, you know the exposure to big play possibilities is higher, and, and I think that that's part of the the statistics that you're, you're referring to. Um, but you know, we understand that, and it's all it's all part of the risk and reward, and you know, and let's not forget he's a young player that's done some great things. So, and he will continue to get better and continue to grow. It's exciting. In regard to Micah's versatility. How would you describe what the value of that is for your defense? I know maybe that goes without saying, but when you just refer to address it, what does it mean when to your defense that Micah is so versatile as he is? Impactful, very impactful. Uh, I think, I think like anything in this game, you know, uh, there's so much made of individual performance. But you know, let's not forget it is an 11 man game, and uh, and how one individual's performance and and how how one individual's alignment, you know, how how uh, one individual's pre-snap movement, you know, how does that affect what the opponent's going to do? And I think that's something that you would rate Micah very high, even as a rookie. So um, so that's something that we definitely benefit from it so I think that's clearly in definition of an impactful player and he's definitely been that for us from from day one and from your time as a coach and even before just observing the league his versatility as a player in the front seven have you seen is it unique have you seen someone be as versatile as he is for for a, for a front seven tech player no, I haven't. Um, you know, I, when, he, when we first started, I, I you know, I, I talked about Brian Urlacher because I thought Brian had such a unique skill set. You know, you know, he played safety and then, then moved up and was, you know, very instinctive and aware, intelligent player that, that was impactful. But, you know, Micah's pass rush uh, skill set is, is is outstanding. You know, and I think the combination of what he can do off the ball too is is very unique. Um, so. I mean, if you know, I know people have talked about Derek Thomas from a from a pass rush. I was very fortunate to be around Derek for six years, and uh, super impactful to the game. You know, everybody knew where 
Derek was lined up, uh, you know, particularly in every passing situation. And uh, I think Micah also brings some of that and, and, you know, and obviously the benefit of playing with the front that he plays with too. So um, I, I think his, his skill set to be able to be both on and off the ball is, is extremely unique. Zeke said yesterday he thought movement in the defensive line was one of the issues for your run game. Do you agree with that? And, and how do you fix that or try to deal with it better? Well, it's it's not just one thing. It's not absolute, but I agree with Zeke. It, it's uh, we're seeing more of it, and I think it's like anything in this league. Um, you know, if you go back to the Saints game, they, they had a lot of success with us uh, moving it, and you know we see it every week. It just a matter of how much, you know, and, and the success of it. So, uh, so I, I think we'll continue to see that, you know, moving forward. I mean, that, that's that's a part of it. It's a little bit like the answer before. I mean, it's it's not a matter of if you're going to see. It's just a matter of how much, and and and, and we definitely. Uh, we'll continue to work on it, and we'll be prepared for it. But yeah, it's 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 definitely been a factor in in some of the challenges that we've had of late. And you mentioned the number of carries earlier. When you look at a game like Arizona, how do you attribute ending up with so few carries? Is it more struggling with the rhythm early in the game, or is it a little bit more getting behind, like in the third quarter and early fourth, and, and having to throw? How do you look at that? Well, I think the biggest factor, really. Um, from my perspective, was not not overcoming the third downs. You know, just you know, not getting the extra set of downs, and uh, you know, and I'm gonna make it clear: penalties are excuse. You're not an excuse, but when you do have one, you have you have to overcome it. And um, you know, having I think six on third down was was a challenge that we didn't overcome. So I mean, it's you know, so that's part of it. Um, so you know, I, I think it's important as you talk about running the football and. You know, and I've stated from day one um, since arriving here. I mean, you, you run the football for your whole team. It's important. Uh, time of possession is part of it. Uh, so you know, but we also recognize there's other there's other characteristics that go into having a successful time of possession. You know, victory in the game too. So, uh, but I think that's that's part of it, and we're we're cognizant of it. You know, it's not it's not an excuse, but uh, you know, we 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 know what the stats say about run attempts to. To Dallas Cowboy victories, uh, we're definitely aware of that. Guys, we only have time for uh, Machoda and Nui. Mike Javon Curse was on the injury report yesterday with a hamstring. Is that from the game, and, and does that affect his availability this week? Um, you know, I, I don't think he'll do much today, so I don't I don't really have an answer, clear answer for you for for Saturday night. Um, so. Uh, you know he's played a ton of football. He's played through a bunch of stuff, and so uh, obviously we, we just want to be smart with him. Um, but we'll you know we'll see how he is today. I, I know he will start in the rehab group today, so I don't know if he'll progress to the practice. And then just with uh, Greg Zerline, what's your confidence level in him right now? I mean, I, I have a lot of confidence in Greg. I think just like anything, you have you know it's you know I'm fortunate to work with these guys every day, and, and, and Greg, you know specifically, I, I think. You know, you have to look at the, the big picture. You know, everything that's gone into his season. You know, the late surgery, the training camp, and so forth. And um, I, I think he's not only a veteran, experienced kicker, but I think he's a tremendously talented kicker. So I mean, he can make all the kicks. But you know, he he, he recognizes um, what we knew, what we need to do moving forward. And, and I obviously have great confidence in him. Mike, uh, four times this year, your team's had um, 10 plus penalties in, in a game, and you already spoke about the, the league high in the penalties. What steps do you take as a coach to try to solve this this late in the year? Oh, I think I talked about it earlier. I think you 
it's like anything. I mean, we we review all the, uh, you know, we have the vital signs of a game. Penalty, there's a penalty report that's done, you know, every every Monday uh, with the team. You know, we we talk it through. We have the penalties broken down into three categories. You know, pre and post snap categories, competitive, or excuse me, combative penalties and discipline penalties. So, and we identify, you know. Which penalty goes in which each category, and coach through it, the specifics of it. Then it's broken down individually into the technique and fundamental components that we can really focus on. Um, and then, you know, and then frankly, you you talk about uh, the penalties again on a Saturday. You know, we talk about them on a Saturday morning team meeting, and you know, basically the trends of the officiating crew that's that's in, that, that we're going to have on on that given you know Saturday night or Sunday, and. You know, just it gives you another opportunity to emphasize the things that, because you know everybody has tendencies. You know, but whether they're heavy on the pre-snap, heavy at the point of attack, and it just gives you another chance to, you know, identify just uh, you know, play with more discipline in the fundamentals. Uh, it's 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 something that's always you're always coaching to be better in that area. And um, but I think the part that people need to recognize is you know your play style plays into that too. So. Uh, particularly when you're a new program. Um, if you look at my history, uh, my first two years in my last job, we were heavier in penalties because you're trying to change. A, you know, every coach is trying to get the team to play the way he visions them to play, and I think it's just part of that process. Uh, frankly, that's been my history. So we'll continue to work at it, and I don't think it. I clearly don't think it'll be a factor in in, in the outcome of how we perform because we're definitely going to get on the edge. You know, I want our guys being as physical as hell, playing a you know. A more physical game than our opponent, and so forth, and you know. So with that, the aggressiveness that comes with that is is a priority. But the discipline with that is is also is obviously a priority. We need to continue to work with. And last question for you: What case could you make for Michael Parsons to be Defensive Player of the Year? Well, I mean, just just look at the impact. I think it goes back to when I just say he's he's just been as an impactful player. Uh, definitely, you know. Not only just for our defense, you know, I, mean, I think it's clearly changed the the view of how people look at our football team. So, uh, and he's, uh, you know, he's he's done a lot to to you know in a short period of time, uh, you know, and I, I think not only the plays that he makes, but also you know the impact that he has for the one on ones that he potentially creates for other players. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.